Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Everybody, let's clap our hands and love Him today for He is good. He is good. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. How many believe we are spiritual warriors this morning? And God is raising up a mighty army. He really is. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a part of that mighty army. Amen, amen, amen. Would you turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We've had just such a great move of God here. We're so thankful for every single one of you each individual person in this church that calls this church your home. We, uh, Cindy and I are so thankful for your kindness to our family, your prayers that we can feel. Uh, we had a tremendous vacation, blessing just a little over a week ago, and then this week we're at General Conference where there were 16,000 registered to be there, and it felt like a crusade service on Friday night where the Holy Ghost was poured out in a mighty way when they began to talk about and teach about fivefold ministry. It is powerful to be a part of something so great. We have over 40, I think 43,000 churches in the world now. I think that's amazing. We need to thank God in 199 countries. I think we ought to thank God for that. Praise the name of the Lord. You're a part of something that's great. That's just in our organization alone in the United Pentecostal Church. And so, and we know that doesn't limit, amen. That's not the only churches, but but just in our organization alone, that's where that is. And so for that, we're so grateful. I want you to know I love each and every one of you. We love each other, don't we? He said, you know how you love of one another. Amen. The devil tried to mute me when I said we need to love each other. I'm teasing. He's not going to keep my loud mouth from saying it. Second Corinthians chapter chapter. Uh, 10 reading with verse 3 and um, today I'm going to teach you on a subject that many of you have heard about uh, maybe you have knowledge about uh, and I'm sure many of you in the church that's been here for 80 years has experienced and it's spiritual warfare spiritual warfare what is it uh, when does it happen how does it feel how do you engage in it and so uh, today I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare because uh, it's real among us and uh, I'm not talking about now lay me down to sleep and Lord God is great God is good and we thank him for his food and that's it you've got to learn to engage in spiritual warfare you, you really can't separate your emotions from spiritual warfare and you can't have a carnal mind and engage in spiritual warfare you have to be spiritually minded and have understanding heart I'm going to talk to you about balance. If this keeps going in and out, I might need another microphone. But, um, but 2 Corinthians chapter 10, reading with verse 3, Paul, Paul is teaching the Corinthians. Um, later he talks about how I, I don't want my presence as a preacher to be different than my letters that I write. And uh, he says that in this same chapter. He said, because my letters can be very strong. He's talking to Corinthians church because one of the strongest rebukes of any letter written, uh, epistle written, was by Paul in 1 Corinthians. He rebuked them very, very strongly. Um, and he, 
he, it's almost as if And he's saying is that the flesh isn't the problem uh, and how to deal that there are spiritual issues that are at hand and he's saying I'm the preacher's not the problem you the saint aren't, aren't the problem it's a spiritual issue and so he makes this statement in in 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 um, let's read verse 1 now I Paul myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ isn't that powerful that's our demeanor as a preacher and as a saint should be meekness and gentleness of Christ. How many know we should be acting like Christ? And uh, uh, it's amazing when believers are Christians. And man, it sure pays off, doesn't it? When they have an attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, you need the attitude of Christ. Uh, praise God. Amen. Smile and say, I love you. Praise God. Oh, don't you just feel better? And the microphone stayed on that time. Amen. Um, who, he said, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. He said, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherein I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Uh, and he said, I don't want my, my presence to be different. But he said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He said, though I'm in the flesh, I'm in this body, the war is not uh, in the flesh or after the flesh. Then he says, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not, they're not normal-minded. That's what it means, uh, logical, normal-minded. And you don't have to be an evil person to have a carnal mind. You just think normal, 2 plus 2 equals 4, and uh, sometimes we need five loaves, two fishes that can feed 5,000. Amen. That's a spiritual mind. Thinking the way God thinks, not the way the normal mind thinks. But he says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Everybody shout strongholds. How? He said, he said not from a carnal mind, but mighty through God. Then he explains it. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every this is, the, this is the weapon. Casting down what? Everybody touch your head and say imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Today I'd like to teach from this portion of Scripture and also Judges 6 on simply spiritual warfare. Would you just clap your hands and shout to the Lord because there is a victory in this building. There is, whoo, something has released. Something has happened among us. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Go ahead and glorify him. There is something special here. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Praise, praise, praise in the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A, a spiritual mind, um, spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. I think, number one, that the goal of each of us 
is not to be have a position in the church. It's not to be um, uh, used by God in the church. I think the number one goal of every individual that is here is that we would be like Christ. Someone once said, and I haven't studied it in detail, but I think it makes sense, is the greatest form of worship is emulation, meaning to become like, to imitate. And the Bible talks to us about putting on the mind of Christ. And uh, probably some of the worst thing any of you could do is think like your family. Come on, let's be honest. That you come in and you uh, uh, is possibly as a parent, as a person, you start acting like, and your spouse might say to you, "Man, you're acting just like." Have any of you ever done something and you realize I'm acting just like my dad or mom or or brother? Or, uh, or, okay, I'm I'm digging into messy territory. <laughs> Going to offend some of you, and um, sometimes we. We, we, the things we said, I would never do this, I would never do that. You end up emulating uh, because you're around the family, raising the family. Someone certainly coined the statement, it's so true, that if when you get married, you marry the family. It doesn't matter if they live on the other side of the country. Uh, you're marrying their traditions, their ways, their thoughts, uh, all the way down to the toothpaste that they use. And how they have Thanksgiving dinner and what food to eat and how it's, you know, and uh, 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 just assume taste. But, but there are also mindsets, the way you think about money, the way you think about family, the way you think about relationship, and the way you think about God. And uh, what you have to realize, the goal was not to be like your family. Jesus went as far as to say, I come to separate those things. He said, I come to separate those things. And uh, I, I, don't want, I don't want to lose my salvation because I don't want to let go of tradition. I don't want to lose my way with Christ because I feel guilty not to act the way they act. You've you got to realize he come to bring you out of darkness. He's also come to bring you out of a specific mindset to be like him. That's the goal is to be like Christ until Christ be formed in you. And there will be people that, that when you start thinking different and thinking bigger and thinking great and thinking in love and, and you don't respond the way you used to respond. It used to be you fight at the drop of a hat. You had a word of response. You very, could be very contentious. And now you respond in love and people say, who are you? I'm different now. I'm not thinking the way I used to think. I'm not trying to live up to a specific reputation. I want to please him. You cannot emulate Christ if you are not filled with Christ and you don't hang out with Christ. You got to spend time in his word. The goal should be that I get in his word and I get, I get a hold of him and he gets a hold of me until my heart changes and my mind changes that I will love the way he loves. I will look the way he wants me to look. I will hear the way he wants me to hear. I will act the way. That is who we are. Amen. We heard a powerful message on Tuesday night by, by Brother Joel Urshan who preached for us last January. But he, he talked about the fruit of the Spirit and, and, and how Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And he said, if you don't produce fruit, I'm going to cut you off. And for so long, people have, have, have misinterpreted that verse by meaning that if you don't win souls, if you don't do something in the kingdom, you don't fulfill your talents, 
which will be your spiritual successes that God will cut you off if you don't bear any fruit. He said that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about love and joy and peace. Amen. Meekness and long-suffering and patience. That you've got to get a hold of God and you get connected to Him till when somebody, let me tell you something, when you go to a restaurant and they don't treat you right and you act like the person down the street that's not filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't leave a tip and you complain, give some bad attitude to them, that's not fruit of the Spirit. That's not grace and mercy. Amen. Have you ever done anybody wrong and you still got treated good? How about the Lord? So the Bible says, forgive as you've been forgiven. And when you, one of the, everybody hold your hand out like that, like, like you're asking for something. The currency of the kingdom of God is mercy. The currency of America is the dollar. But the currency of the kingdom is mercy. And when you go to a restaurant, you go around somebody, a family member does you wrong, a church member does you wrong, you have an opportunity To give mercy. Everybody say mercy. And when you give mercy, guess what he said? It will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men give into your bosom? As we, we use that in money, and it can be used as you give, it comes back. But that verse is actually talking about mercy. And when you give mercy, it's going to come back. I don't want to stand before God and have all the mistakes I've made. And he looked at me and said, remember that person at the restaurant? Remember the family member? Remember the church member? Remember this that did you wrong? And you came at them without grace and mercy? You wanted them to pay? You wanted them to feel bad? You let them have it? The Lord looked at me and said, how can I give you mercy when you've never given the mercy I'd already given you? And you've got to understand that how I respond when somebody does me wrong is a true sign whether I'm bearing the fruit or not. It's easy to love somebody that's doing you good, Jesus said. But can you love somebody that's against you? He said, get them some water to drink. Give them something that they're dependent upon in that moment. You know what grace means? Grace means giving you something you don't deserve. Mercy means withholding something from you that you do deserve. You deserve a tongue lashing. You deserve a sentence. You deserve a beating. But instead, you've been given a bypass because of love. I'm going to tell you what the church needs more than anything. It is a baptism of the love of God, the love of Christ. You need to give people a pass and say, you know what, I haven't been perfect either. But my goodness, by the love and the mercy of God, I am here today. Come on, it's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's not of yourself, it's a gift. It's a gift of God. Somebody shout mercy. And so I would say on the first knowledge and understanding of spiritual warfare, number one, you've got to have the mind of Christ. Forgive, think, act, listen, to look every way the way Christ would. And when you begin to have the mind of Christ, you begin to produce the fruit of the Spirit. I don't want to just be a tongue talker with a bad attitude. Well, I speak in tongues. I prophesy. I do all these spiritual things. But he said, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I don't even know who you are. 
You can have giftings and iniquity. You know what iniquity is? Lawlessness. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I'm going to do my own thing. That's what he's talking about. It's people that can have giftings and have no rule. I don't need anybody telling me what to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not too old to have somebody to tell you what to do. Listen, I'm going to get real with you. I've been pastoring long enough. Now I can talk this way. Just because you have gray hair doesn't mean you don't need anybody telling you what to do. It's the truth. Just because you're 60 plus is not permission to be disobedient. I'm arrived now. I don't need anybody. I've seen people in those years make terrible mistakes because they, be, get, they embrace the spirit of iniquity. We talk about young people being disobedient, but the elders being disobedient. I don't need a pastor. I don't need anybody to tell me. I, I, I've arrived now. Uh, uh, just because you're as old as Moses, amen, doesn't mean you don't need it. I'm teasing you, but listen to me. We've got to be careful because iniquity isn't just for a certain age demographic. And so let's talk about spiritual iniquity. Uh, let's talk about spiritual warfare now. Now, uh, young people can deal with it. Um, young people can, be, can deal with it. There, there are, how many believe in angels? If you believe in angels, do you believe in fallen angels? Had a had a man that was raised in the church. It was my cousin. He's pastoring today. But he, uh, he committed his life in his 40s. Committed his life to the Lord in his 40s. And um, God, he's a powerful, powerful preacher. Raised in the church, and uh, but was not consistent for many, many years. And he, when he started seeking the Lord, uh, he started going to church. Service. It's amazing, people that seek the Lord start going to church. And uh, he, uh, he would drive up here, and he'd drive to the other churches that are connected to our family. And, and uh, he was over here, and I walked up to him, and he, he reminds me every now and then. He said, you walked up to me and said, the Lord is going to give you strength to do what you need to do. And uh, he, he drives down to hear my dad preach at another church. My dad walked to him and said, the Lord's going to give you strength to do what you need to do. Isn't that amazing how it works? That's gifts of the Spirit. That's a word, that's a word of knowledge. And, uh, um, and, and anyhow, he, he goes home and he had been seeking the Lord. And the Lord gave him discernment of spirits. How many know gift of discernment cannot just be a gift of discernment of attitudes but a gift of discernment of spirit or gift of discernment of intentions but a spirit and he wakes up one night and he can see a demonic spirit in his home he said it was hideous looking some of you have seen that you don't have to profess it today but uh, you've seen that I've counseled you in situations there a spirit came to your, in your home to come against your family and uh, but the thief Jesus says has come to steal to kill and destroy Woo. But I've come to give you life, he said. And that more abundantly. Y'all feel that Holy Ghost Spirit moving in this room right now? There is a Holy Spirit that always prevails against every demonic spirit. I got something coming over me right now. To tell you that Jesus gets the last word. I don't care how long the devil's been coming against your family. Greater is he that is with me than he that world. Amen. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I want you to high five your neighbor and say, God's going to win this battle. 
High five somebody next to you and say, God is going to win this battle. Amen, amen. How many feel it? Let there be a shout in the building. If you feel there's a shout in the building, there's something powerful that is here. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. And my, 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 my cousin went, when he opened his eyes, there was a demonic spirit in his room. He said it, it terrified him. God revealed to him what had been in his home, what had been in his life, what had been opposing him going to the house of God and emotional things and emotional up one day and down the next. Couldn't commit, have this in your life, can't let go of. God revealed to him what was in his house. He saw it. He said when it left, it went to his, he knew it was going to his daughter's bedroom. He said, I got up because God gave me discernment of what was going on. He said, when I went in there, she had seen it and was terrified. What had been in his house, in his home, he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know all that emotion he was feeling was the product of a spirit in his life. He didn't know the things he was feeling emotionally was a product of a spirit in his life. This is real. Amen. It's true. You can have a spirit of fear that you've, you've given, you've given um, uh, place to. You, you created a seat for through some way. You, you've got a spirit of, of, of division, a spirit of offense, a spirit of strife. And I'll deal with that in just a minute. A spirit of strife, a spirit of lust. You don't even know why you're having these thoughts. It, it is so outside of the way you've been. And you, these thoughts that are just tormenting, it's because there's something near you. In Job 1, in Job 1, let, let's turn there for a minute. Oh, I, I feel like, I feel like somebody's about to find deliverance. Listen, there's some of you going to go home and you're going to walk out of here because of revelation of what spiritual warfare is and an understanding of the Christ. And God's going to give you authority of that which has been opposing your family. Do you believe that? In Job 1, verse 6, it says, now there was a day when the sons of God, talking about angelic host, um, came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan. Not only angels, he's a falling spirit. How I many know he wasn't always the devil? His name was Lucifer. He was, a, he was a, a, a one of the, there was Michael, Gabriel. Michael was a, the warring angel. Gabriel was the ministering angel. And Lucifer was the worshiping angel. He was lifted up in himself. What did he do? He set himself to be equal with God. How many know that? Always the nature of Satan is to make yourself equal with authority. Young people, your parents are over you. Don't look at your parents and say, well, this is what I'm going to do. I don't care what you say. You will embrace a spirit of rebellion. And when a spirit of rebellion comes in, a disobedience comes in, you will start battling thoughts you would have never thought before. Samuel, Samuel told Saul by the Lord. He said, the Lord said, you can be king as long as you're obedient to the man of God and the laws of God. Is that right? But the day that you do not, God's hand's going to be removed from you. And what did he do? Disobeyed three times. Samuel was late. The prophet was late. 
Just because the preacher's late doesn't mean it's not going to be on time. Samuel's late. He says, well, I'll just build my own altar. I'm going to do my own thing. We don't need him anyhow. I'm the king. We don't need a king mentality. A king, what I'm saying is I'm above everybody in my life. I don't care if you're this age or older like I talked about earlier. You need somebody over you. I have it. There'll never be a day I don't have somebody that's over me to tell me no. It's biblical. How many know it's biblical? And uh, when he did, the prophet walked up and he told him, why? Why do I hear this? I hear the lowing of the oxen and the bleeding of the sheep. Why are you holding on to things that I told you to get rid of? God said to get rid of. And he said this. He said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. What does witches do? They conjure up spirits. They invite demonic spirits. They do. That's why you don't play with the Ouija boards. You don't watch Harry Potter. You don't listen to all that vampire stuff. I don't care who gets mad at me. All this infatuated with death, spirits, wizards, and wizardry. Come on, witches and warlocks. You don't need that stuff in your house. We are a saved people. And God come to save us from all of that confusion. Oh, let there be an amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The book of Acts, they took their books on, on, uh, on that stuff and heathenism and idolatry and witchcraft and they burn it. And the spirit of, that's why people that watch these vampire movies and all that stuff, it's not long to have sexual thoughts, rebellious attitudes. Why would we give place to it? Well, I don't agree with you, Pastor. Well, you don't have to agree. But you should be obedient. If I'm your pastor, there's got to be a moment you say, you know what, I probably shouldn't trust myself on some areas. If they got rid of witchcraft in the Bible, I should trust the man of God that says in this day we probably ought to get rid of it out of our house. I don't care if it is a cartoon. Come on, you got cartoons out now where the daughter is is a... Cartoons out where now they got the girl that's, that, is, that is now the Antichrist. Oh, it's just a cartoon. It's all right. I don't care what pastor says. It's a cartoon. Yeah, you're going to let Hollywood be your, your pastor. Let culture be your leader. And he said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. He said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. One of the greatest qualities of a Christian is to be obedient to authority. It's, it's the first law with promise. Be obedient to your parents and what? Your days, honor thy father and thy mother, and thy days shall be long upon the earth. I don't care if you disagree with mom and dad, you ought to honor them. I don't want to do what they're telling me to do, but I, they told me to be in by 11 be home by 1030. five. you're disobedient. That's right. We don't want that plan. Don't let that. You create secret apps and have them use. When you do that. Amen. You invite a spirit. And when the spirit comes, you'll think thoughts you'd never think on a normal day. And a spirit comes near you. You'll start thinking ways and attitudes. And all of a sudden you, you get different because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion always allows spirits into your life. I mean, no, it's true. In the young and the old. 
And when a spirit comes near, it has certain nature about it. A spirit. How do you, how do you know the presence of the spirit of the Lord is here? I feel it in the atmosphere. We sing that. How do you know the spirit of the Lord is here? Fruit of the spirit. Love. Oh, I just feel like. When God's moving, you won't be mad at your spouse. You'll say, I just want to tell you I love you. It'll make you want to wrap your kids up and hold them near. It'll make you want to forgive somebody that's done you wrong. Love, joy, peace, and meekness, and long-suffering, and patience, and kindness, all of that. How do you know God is in the midst? Fruit of the Spirit will always be with His presence. Hope. Oh, just feel. You know, I think it's going to be all right. That's why David said, until I was thinking this way, until I came into the sanctuary. There is something about the presence of God. That's why you don't need to miss church for anything in the world. Get your family in the house of God and let them be in the presence of God because there's It'll cause a wayward children to want to start thinking. It'll cause a, a family struggle to start pulling in the right because there's power in the presence of God. A spirit, though, comes in an unclean spirit. The Bible says unclean spirit. When it comes near, you find it in the Bible. When a, when a boy was possessed with an unclean spirit, he would throw himself in a fire. It was self-destructive. It caused you to want to hurt yourself. You'll think suicidal thoughts. You'll think, I don't want to live. I'm, there's no value. People don't care about me. When you start thinking, the church doesn't care about me. Pastor doesn't care about me. My spouse doesn't love me. Everywhere you go, you feel this disconnect. You might ought to stop and think, is it possible I'm feel, there's a spirit near me? Because the presence of a demonic spirit, Jesus called it an unclean spirit, the presence of that will always make you feel hopeless. Hopeless. Never going to get any better. You'll start having unbelief. You'll start having these things in your life because the presence of a demonic spirit is not going to be the fruit of the spirit. Believe this. That's right. And certain spirits have certain natures about them. They do. Certain spirits have certain natures. I do believe there's a spirit of fear. The Bible says we're not given to a spirit of fear. Jesus cast out of a woman a spirit of infirmity. She had 18 years withdrawn into a palsy because she had a spirit of infirmity. I believe there's spirits of offense. I believe there's spirits of lust. And you've got to ask yourself a question. Why am I thinking this way? Why are those thoughts coming to my mind? There's a lot of stuff that happens in our world because of demonic spirits. And a lot of that comes into the family because of rebellious parents. The Bible said they'll be disobedient to parents. That's not talking about young people. It's talking about disobedience. Look what happened. Oh, man. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Look what happened in the counterculture, what we are living out because of disobedient to parents in the hippie movement. They rebelled, this is history, they rebelled against counterculture, which means anything Christian. I'm going to dress different, act different, love whoever I want to love, do whatever makes me feel good. Mardi Gras, all this stuff, illicit relationships, no covenant, no commitment. And now it's in politics, trying to change laws, to say, be whatever you want to be. God made a man, and he made a woman. Transgenderism, a man to have a desire to be a woman, that's not of God. A woman to want to be a man, that's not of God. 
That is rebellion against the nature of God. That's the truth. Somebody's got to stand up and declare. Hallelujah. What is right? The Bible said in that day they will call evil good and good evil. Somebody's got to get a hold of the love of God. Somebody say amen. And now that where it goes on, it's not long until it produces babies and, and now abortion is rampant. And I, I blame that stuff on rebellion that invited spirits in the house. Spirits into the church. When people are turning their churches over to wicked sacrifices. You realize that? Some churches allow the wickeds to come in and offer their sacrifices in the spirit of tolerance. One of the chaplains of one of the Ivy League schools, of a, the chaplain is an atheist. And I just think, I don't know, Pastor, I ought to be talking about this. Who's going to talk about it? We've let them infiltrate our homes through entertainment. But somebody's got to stand up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Woo. I want a holy house. I want my children to embrace holy things. I want righteousness in my home. Somebody shout righteousness. Look at your neighbor and say, we want a righteous house. Amen, amen, somebody say amen. amen. So I am talking to you about spiritual warfare. And uh, uh, my cousin saw this in his house. God gave him the, the discerning of the spirits, what was in his house. He started taking authority because two words had been given to him by me and my father. He said, God's going to give you the boldness to do what you need to do. He said, not in my house. He put his foot down and said, you don't belong here anymore. I claim victory. I plead the blood of Jesus. My house is going to be holy. My house is going to be pure. My house is not going to give any place to any demonic spirit. I come to tell you, this isn't. Here's what I feel. Well, I just don't know if I believe in devils. You better look at Jesus on a 40-day fast. He come out of there and the Bible said the devil came to him. And when the devil came to him, he began to say things like, If thou be the Son of God, anytime a spirit comes, unbelief will follow. You don't believe that? Ask Eve in the garden. We either believe this or we do not. Came in the garden and said, Hath God said, The spirit of a demonic spirit, the spirit, a demonic spirit, an unclean spirit, will always cause you to question what God has said is true. Here, let me tell you something. A spirit of division or divorce. Come, I don't know if I ever did love, or love you. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if I ever did love you. I, I, where's that coming from? I've had people over the years that tell me that. And I, I look at them and said, you're deceived. I, 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 saw, I saw you both had the twinkle in your eyes. Sparks flying. Love was there. Why are you feeling this way? I'm going to tell you why. Because there's a spirit that has got near you. And listen to me right now. You've got to understand that there's got to... Any time that God is getting ready to do something great in your life, a spirit's gonna, the spirit knows it. It can feel the flames of revival. It can feel the, 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 the powerful prophetic touch on your life. And it's going to come near. If they came near Jesus and you are now the body of Christ, don't you think they're going to come near you? 
I'm going to tell you why some of you are miserable and dealing with anger. Because you've given place to the devil. You listen to everything he says. In Judges chapter 6, I'm trying to move on here. Um, in Judges chapter 6, it says that, uh, let's, let's look at it for a minute. Oh, do y'all feel what I'm teaching you? Oh, it's truth. I'm preaching truth today. Amen. God wants the marriage to make it. Every great marriage had somebody that stayed. Every great church had somebody that stayed. Every great family had somebody that stayed. Judges chapter 6 and verse 3. And so it was when Israel had sown. Everybody say sown. That the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east. Even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the what? The increase of the earth till thou come unto, unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass or donkey. What it was saying was, anytime the harvest was about to happen, not just the sowing, but when they were going to reap what they had invested in. And many of you in this room have prophecy over your life. What God's going to do in your family. What God's going to do in your children. What God's going to do in your increase. We call it a harvest of that. How many know an answered prayer is a harvest? How many know when somebody is saved, it's a harvest? Backslider comes back to the Lord. It is a harvest. How many believe that? Are y'all with me today? But anytime the harvest is going to happen, guess what happens? The enemy shows up. And when, when they were going to have a harvest, year after year, guess what? Midian would come. Everybody say Midian. Midian means strife. The harvest is getting ready to happen. And guess what shows up? The answered prayer, the miracles getting ready to happen. And guess what happens? Strife. Strife starts breaking out in the family. Strife tries to come to the church. Strife tries to come. And, and the way we understand spiritual warfare, we're by physical wars with the children of Israel. Because those nations were led by specific spirits. And the Lord allows them to be named. Strife. Anytime there's going to be an answered prayer, a prophetic word, something great, the enemy knows. And he shows up at harvest time. And what you've got to do, because strife is an emotion that can be felt. Amen. And when you feel that spirit come near, you know what you do? You don't embrace it and get mad with it. You will always have a cause for something when strife comes. Because I'm not perfect, neither are you or the person sitting near you. Or the person across the aisle. How many know it's true? And sometimes strife tries to come into a family, come into a marriage. Just when the, you know how many times over the years I've seen the person that they prayed for for years to come to the Lord. And when they start coming to the Lord, the person that's praying leaves the church just before they come in. Over and over and over again. Why? Why did they leave just before the harvest? I'm going to tell you why. Because the enemy knew the harvest was about to happen and faced the Spirit instead of the Spirit. You know what you do when strife starts coming? We're not having that conversation in this house. 
Oh, no, I love you. We're not getting anything between us. Hey, I've made a vow to you. We're not going to let anything get in our marriage. Forgive me for my attitude, honey. Forgive me for my, hey, baby, listen to me. You look at your children and say, I'm not going to let anything get in between us. There's a touch of God. Something's about to happen. I'm not letting anything get between me and my pastor. I'm not letting anything get between me and the church that God has called me to. I'm not letting strife. I'm going to rebuke that spirit. I'm not letting it because there's a harvest about to happen in my family. There's a fulfilled prophecy that's about to happen. I'm not letting strife stand. I wish somebody would shout with me. I rebuke strife in the name of Jesus. I'm not letting strife near my family. I'm not letting strife near my kids. I'm not letting strife near me. Strife or contention. I'm not going to let it happen. Look at your neighbor and say, we've got to have unity. How do you combat strife? Love. Love. They smacked him in the face. They plucked his beard. But what did he do? Father, forgive them. Everybody say, forgive them. Midian is always followed by Amalek. Everybody say, Amalek. I say, always in this place. Amalek has the same numerical value as the word unbelief or doubt. Anytime strife comes in, what follows that is doubt. If thou be the Son of God, hath God said, do we belong here? Is this where I'm supposed to be? All these things that come in because a spirit came near. And instead of get thee behind me, Satan. You don't belong in my life. I'm not doing this again. I'm not letting this. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking about spiritual warfare. It's something you've got to embrace emotionally. You can't, I want everybody to say, you cannot separate spiritual warfare from your emotions. Why do I feel? How many ever felt lost? And you search your heart and life to see, have I committed any sin? Have I said, how many's ever done that? Have I committed any sin? Did I do anything wrong? Have I said anything? I've, I've even went to my wife and said, hey, is there anything wrong? I've called my elders. You know what I come to find out? I was in a war. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Not carnal. When God deals with me in spiritual warfare, when God deals with me in spiritual warfare, I feel it in my emotions. I'm going to come to a close in just a couple minutes. But I can feel things in my spirit. You know what I do? I pray it out. I don't repeat it. I don't talk about it. I go to the altar and I pray till I feel the fruit of the spirit. Amen. I, I'm not a person of anxiety. Um, I'm very stable in my emotions. Regulation for years. I've always been that way. Not everybody is that way. And I'm thankful that I don't up and down emotionally. And uh, But there have been times I have. Um, and so when I was out of my regular emotional, I remember one time I woke up three different times in one week with anxiety. The only way I know to describe it because I've studied it, pastor people that, you know, uh, that go through it. And... Uh, when I'd wake up, my heart would be fluttering, and I'd think, oh, God, I'm going to get to church, and nobody's going to be there today. That's a, I really, I mean, feel like everything in the world was going to collapse and go wrong. And uh, uh, the ministry would fail, all these things that begin to feel. Three times in one week. I don't guess I've ever dealt with it any other time in my life except three times in one week. The following week, I had three people come to me dealing with anxiety. 
Are you hearing me? Because people in spiritual warfare are also intercessors for other people in warfare. Pray with all prayer and supplication for all the saints. Are y'all hearing me? Two. Everybody hold up two fingers. They say it's better than one. How many believe that? Two is better than one. And when one is weak, the other is strong. And when a, ready? A foe comes against you. When one is tired, the other one can fight for him. This is not, this is not just about going to church. This is about spiritual warfare for my brother and my sister. And maybe the emotion that you're feeling has nothing to do with how somebody feels about you. It's how they just feel because you are feeling a spirit that's in their life. I'm giving you revelation. And you might be feeling hopeless, some doubt, some unbelief. And it's very possible in spiritual warfare you can feel unaccepted. And you think, why am I unaccepted? Why do I feel unaccepted? I'm going to tell you what I've learned as a pastor has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with a spirit that's battling somebody. Have you ever taken medication and side product, uh, uh, side effect was something emotional? You ever done that? Might feel depressed. How many ever done that? And you can read that and it warns you of the emotion, but when you're dealing with the emotion, you're not thinking about the medication I just took. You're like, oh, I just feel, feel so terrible, I feel so bad at all this. And uh, my dad took medication one time. My mom said, he's mean as a snake. Some kidney medication he was on. And uh, it changed and altered his emotions. And I can teach you this, but you're going to have to learn this for yourself. You want to be, how many, you, you have prayed, I want to be in warfare. I want to be a, an intercessor. I want to do something for God. I want to pray against any spirit. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to have to process it through your emotions. But when you get there, you can't hold those emotions personal. you got to pray, I know, you know what? It's not me. I'm not doing anything out of way. I'm feeling something that doesn't belong to me, and it doesn't belong in my house, or it doesn't belong to me. Somebody else is dealing with this, and you start saying, in the name of Jesus, I command that spirit of inadequacy. I command the spirit of division. I command the spirit of infirmity. I'm telling you, you're going to have power over this. Come on. I come to set you free today through some teaching. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I'm not warring against flesh. What that means, my problem is not a human. It's sin. The problem I'm dealing with is a spirit, and I have power over a spirit. I've got power over, oh, would you stand to your feet and shout, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands and love him right now. Oh, let us put on the mind of Christ. Let us put on the mind of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Here's what I want you to do. This is recorded today. I want you to go back and watch this and take some notes. And I want you to get an understanding. Say, all right, pastor said, I've got to embrace the fruit of the Spirit, number one. How many know that? And something else, I've got to have a discerning of what's around me. 
And if I'm having a bad emotional day and there's no reason for it, it's very possible I'm dealing with a spirit in my life. Now, i got to ask you before I, I let you go get your kids and get your coffee, whatever, take a break. How many of you have ever dealt with what I'm teaching about? Would you raise your hand? Oh, my. Brother Brown, I've had some miserable days that brought powerful deliverances. He was very sorrowful and very heavy. Let me know that. I mean, glad he was our mediator. Oh, praise him one more time before you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. Amen. Go greet somebody. Don't rush off. We're going to have a powerful worship service and a word. Amen. At 11. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.